there. You are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hosted by functional medicine physician, Dr. Nicole Rivera and functional medicine nutritionist, Brooke Scheller. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. My name is Brooke Scheller. I am the functional nutritionist at Integrative Wellness Group, and I'm here with Dr. Nicole today. And we're going to talk to you a little bit more about some of the possible reasons behind your appendicitis. And I think this is a really interesting topic because we think of an appendicitis or when someone has to get the emergency surgery as something that just happens with no cause, uh, something that when it happens, we have to get rushed to the emergency room because it is something that can be really life-threatening. But we wanted to talk to you a little bit more today about why this is happening because one of our big uh, common themes with the work that we do is finding out the root cause of what is going on in your body and causing things to be out of whack. And we're brought up or we're, believe, we're, we're uh, taught that the appendix is something that is unnecessary, that you can have it removed and it doesn't pose any risk on your system. So I wanted to open up by asking Dr. Nicole to explain a little bit more about the actual function of the appendix and how it can really affect our body if it is removed. Yeah, so uh, hello everyone, glad to be back for another episode. Uh, so getting into the topic and talking about the appendix, uh, the appendix is actually, uh, it's an appenditure, which is located off of the large intestine. So it's pretty much an out pouch on the large intestine. And for the longest time, it's been thought to have played a role in helping us to digest uh, tree bark from a very long time ago when humans actually used to eat that. But um, one of the other more well-known functions of the appendix actually has to do with uh, being a storage unit for a lot of our good bacteria for our large intestine, so uh, what we call probiotics. And it's pretty much thought that that's the storage unit of the probiotics and that it will help to replenish the large intestine, especially after it goes through a period of fighting off any bad bacteria. So the thing to understand about this is these are definitely accurate statements and accurate information, but more importantly, there is other roles that the appendix is playing. It actually has a very big impact on the gastrointestinal system because it doesn't really just hold on to good bacteria to replenish us, but it also does play a role in fighting off bad bacteria. And some of you might be kind of wondering, well, why would I have bad bacteria in my gut? Honestly, most things that you're eating have some level of bacteria on it. It's really just a matter if your immune system is strong enough to fight it off. Some of us are have different things going on that are maybe impeding our immune systems, and it's allowing for this bad bacteria to get into our system and then pretty much thrive off of our nutrients. And then from there, we might have an overgrowth of, of bad bacteria. So one of the, uh, the telltale symptoms of it that some of you may relate to is actually gas. 
So if you're having gas, especially gas with odor, that's a pretty telltale sign that you have some level of bad bacteria in your gut. Or if you're eating different types of foods that are classified as prebiotics, so one of those being beans, which we all call the fart food, but the beans are something that will actually feed the bad bacteria in the gut and then also cause you to either be bloated or gassy. So those are some of the telltale symptoms of that. But if the bad bacteria becomes abundant enough, it will start to push into the appendix. And the appendix usually will do a good job at dissolving some of that bad bacteria. But if it gets overloaded, that is when we develop inflammation, which is what we call appendicitis. So as I mentioned in the introduction, we often think of an appendicitis as something that's an emergency, right? So we have this And we're not trying to tell you that if you're having symptoms of appendicitis, not to go to the ER and that you can manage this at home. But let's talk about some of the maybe um, symptoms that somebody might be having aside from gas that might lead them to believe that there's an imbalance that could possibly lead to an appendicitis. Well, I guess I should clarify, too, that this is really not just about bacteria as well. The appendix will definitely be be heavily impacted by bacteria, but you can also develop different types of infections in your gut. Uh, yeast overgrowth, which some people know as candida, is one of the other types of overgrowths you can have. And then parasites are another thing that you can have in your gastrointestinal system. So honestly, if you have the trifecta of all three, you might be experiencing anything from bloating to gas to abdominal discomfort. You might be shifting in between uh, loose bowel movements and constipation, which is what we call irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. Um, you might be just constipated, you might just have loose bowel movements. It really varies on the person, it varies on the infections. But if you do just feel like your digestive tract is not 100% or you're eating certain things that are bothering you or dealing with some level of sensitivities or allergies, then it's worth exploring what is happening in your gastrointestinal system. Because this is not even just about your appendix being compromised. This is also about the integrity of your immune system. It's about the integrity of your vascular system. It's about the integrity of your neurological function. There's a lot of things that will be impacted by these different types of gut imbalances. And as your immune system becomes more compromised, you will become at risk for developing autoimmunity. And you know, with the rates of autoimmunity now, this is affecting more than 50% of our population. That's scary. It's really on the on the rise. So that's not the topic today, but we have done plenty of podcasts kind of talking about the gut relation to autoimmunity. But in reference to these infections being present, they will potentially put you at risk for developing an appendicitis. And that doesn't develop until the different types of infections we're talking about have been there for a very long time and they're very, very overabundant. And I just wanted to make a disclaimer too, even with gastrointestinal symptoms, I think a lot of us think that there's some degree of normalcy, Mm -hmm. like we mentioned about gas, even with things like constipation, if you're not having at least one bowel movement per day, you're erring on the side of constipation. So even that is telling me that there is a little bit of an, an imbalance there. But it goes farther than just your digestive symptoms. It's, do you have skin manifestations? Do you have eczema, psoriasis, acne? 
Do you have um, do you have an autoimmune condition? Have you been diagnosed with something like Hashimoto's? Have you been diagnosed with lupus or another autoimmune condition? All of these things, aside from the actual gastrointestinal symptoms, can tell us more about the actual function of the digestive system. But the thing that tells us the most information is really having a stool analysis done because this is really gonna let us know there is some degree of bacteria, yeast, maybe a lack of probiotics, or as we mentioned, something like leaky gut, which is a compromised uh, gastrointestinal lining. But with that all being said, I want to talk about some of the side effects that might be occurring if the appendix is actually removed. Because again, it's an emergency situation. If somebody does have it removed and you're listening and, and you have experienced that, what can you do now to kind of combat that? Yeah, of course. And just reiterating what you're saying about, you know, if this does occur and you are having that pain, especially around the belly button area, and it's extremely severe, you do need to get checked and make sure that you, um, you know, visit a, a local hospital, the emergency room to see if it truly is an appendicitis. And honestly, by the time that that type of symptom manifests, it's you're going to have to have it removed because then you pose the risk of it rupturing and all of that bacteria getting into your blood, which will make you septic and can kill you. <laughs> so um, again, just making sure that you are going to uh, address the situation properly. But um, if you are someone who did have your appendix removed, the moral of the story is, is there was an underlying problem that still has not been addressed. And that underlying problem resides in what infections are present in your gastrointestinal system that have not been resolved. And this is something that you really need to explore because the appendix was kind of the start of, of the snowball effect. And having that removed helped to obviously decrease your pain and get rid of some of the abundance of the bacteria. But more importantly, now if you don't resolve the underlying issues, you can pose the risk of, de of developing different types of um, more serious gastrointestinal conditions like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or um, diverticulitis, diverticulosis which are uh, varied conditions that will damage the gastrointestinal tract and lining. So these are very important to, to really understand because you want to make sure that you're obviously taking the precautions necessary and not thinking that as soon as you have that surgery to remove the appendix that your problem is solved. Another important thing to take away is in reference to uh, you know bacterial overgrowth in the sense of something called uh, C. diff. And some of you may have heard of C. diff, but C. diff is a pretty aggressive type of, of bacteria that can create chronic diarrhea and really wreak havoc on the gastrointestinal system, creating lots of problems. But someone who does have their appendix removed is actually four times more likely to develop C. diff clusters uh, so clostridium uh, clusters is what they're called. So again, you it's not really just about that the underlying problem hasn't been resolved, but because the appendix is removed and your probiotic levels will naturally be lower, you will be at risk for de the over, not development, but the overabundance of bad bacteria, C. diff being one of them. So I think let's get into talking a little bit more about maybe before and after um, support, right? So 
if someone is listening and they're experiencing, they haven't had their appendix removed, but they're experiencing some of the symptoms we mentioned, what, what, what might we do to support them? And then also talking about if somebody has had their appendix removed, what can they do now to support themselves? Yeah, of course. So um, really both ways, it would be a similar approach because you have to explore the gastrointestinal system and see what is there. And the best way you're going to do that is going to be through a stool analysis. And uh, for those of you listening, just understanding that not all stool analysis is created the same. There are certain companies that will pioneer above others. The one that we use is called Doctor's Data. So if you are someone who's had a stool analysis through Genova, uh, and we're talking a lot about bacteria here because we're talking about the appendix, so the doctor's data stool analysis will actually evaluate for over 1,200 strains of bacteria, and you'll, you will only actually explore 24 strains of bacteria through Genova. So this is something really important because you can um, potentially have a false negative when you're getting uh, certain types of stool samples, and you might be walking away thinking, oh, everything is fine. Uh, the same story really goes for if you're using your in-network lab, you're using like a LabCorp or a Quest, their testing for stool samples is going to be very limited. Uh, so making sure that you are getting a stool sample, but also using the proper labs, that's really important. And then also really checking in on uh, blood work to really evaluate where the immune system is at and the because uh, your appendix is part of your immune system uh, so that is something that's really important it actually plays a very big role in the development of lymphocytes which are a parameter of your immune system that plays a very big role in fighting virus so you really want to check to see you know if there is a lack of lymphocytes um, and being able to support the immune system in the right way uh, and then the, the last thing that would be useful is checking for permeability, which is pretty much a leaky gut test, um, and checking to see if that is a, a major issue. Uh, chances are if there are infections in the gut, there is some level of leaky gut. Um, so it really just kind of gives us the information of how to clean it out and then also how to repair. And uh, either way, if you're experiencing the symptoms but have your appendix, we would take that approach, or if you were someone who already had it removed, uh, it would be the same approach. Yeah, and I think that's the important part to mention is it's very individualized what's going on once we determine is there bacteria, is there yeast, is there permeability, that's all going to be supported differently for most people. So I think that's one of the big take-homes. But one, one disclaimer that I wanted to make, and I feel like we get this question a lot, is people come in and we, we talk about bad bacteria or yeast and they say, well, I've had a colonoscopy done and they never told me that. And this, all of this is on more of a microscopic level that it's not necessarily something that would be seen on a colonoscopy. So you do really need to have a stool analysis done to determine the bacterial or yeast overgrowth. Yeah, microbiology is not something that can be seen. Um, unless it's under a microscope. So you have to take the samples and taking the samples and looking at them under microscope and culturing them is, uh, is very, very different than what a colonoscopy is. 
And the last piece of, of information I want you to take away is that, you know, talking about all of these different types of things and talking about supporting, you know, bacterial overgrowth and supporting the appendix, um, the beauty of it is you don't necessarily have to go down the route of antibiotics in order to fight off these different types of infections. There is a lot of very effective ways using what we classify as antimicrobials that are completely natural, that are classified as um, supplements and herbs. And these are things that we use on a day-to-day -day basis in our practice. And they actually are, are more effective than most people going on antibiotics just because we have so much resistance to antibiotics nowadays. Unfortunately, antibiotics are overused, especially if we were the, the children who had the ear infections or we had a lot of sore throats or we're getting the common cold every year. And then also if you're eating non-organic uh, animal products, because unfortunately those are pumped full of a lot of antibiotics as well. So with all of that, really just understanding that there is a treatment protocol that can be very, very effective, but it could also be natural. Yeah, and so one of the things that we like to do on all of our podcasts is if you are listening and you are relating to some of this, we'd love to have you schedule a free 15-minute strategy call with myself. You can head over to integrativewellnessgroup.com and you'll see that right on the homepage. We look forward to speaking with you. And as always, feel free to subscribe to us on iTunes and write us a rating and a review. Thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.